0: This show is about inspiration, and I think a lot of people are looking for inspiration because they feel hopeless. They feel like whatever it was that was expected of them, they're not hitting it. They're too tired. They're too ugly. I don't know what it is. You're too fat. It's not true. It's all stories, and it's all perception, because all we are is just in a vehicle full of light and life And we'll have, you know, maybe 100 years and then we move on to the next light in life. So it's not anything that's, you know, it's just an experience and a journey that we get to go on together. And it's altogether good whether you're learning lessons or you're experiencing victories because
1: there is no failures. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and I am back with another wonderful guest, a guest who you don't get to see her, but I do. She is all beautiful, red lips, dark hair, royal blue top. I'm going to paint the picture for you. You can close your eyes unless you're driving and see this woman in front of you, Um, but you're going to get to know this woman as I get to know her today on the show. Melissa and I have come together through another wonderful group online that are um, other visionaries and, and people who are wanting to spread positivity and light and love in the world. And what I love most is that I get to connect with women like Melissa and with other like-minded or uh, like-hearted souls on this path who have a message, who are on a mission. And let's just be honest, that can come in every size shape and form that's what I love most and so today we're going to talk a little bit about um, what that is for Melissa how she is sharing her gifts in the world what it is that she is here to sh- say um, the, the light and the gifts that she is here to share with others so I I know you are going to get something out of this conversation so stay tuned. Let me first introduce you to our guest before we have her say her hello. Melissa Schaffner, yes, like William Shatner with an F. Melissa Schaffner is a friendly, dynamic mom of a toddler that enjoys bringing heart-centered, fictional, and children's stories to life. Focused on audiobooks, YouTube explainer videos, commercials, and e learning projects as her primary craft, Melissa has also volunteered her voice for new, numerous educational materials at the Learning Ally in New York City, recording audiobooks for blind and dyslexic students, and studied the craft under experts in the industry, and comes highly recommended by award winning members of the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences Academy based out of Los Angeles. She has lived all over the country and traveled by herself all over the Western Hemisphere, from dog sledding in Nome, Alaska, to trekking the pyramids of Mexico, to touring the Kremlin at Christmas time. She became a mother late in life, after 40, and has utilized this new experience as a mother to inform maternal caregiving and didactic scripts. Noted for her warm, engaging maternal voice and Midwestern accent, which you know I love. Melissa is a positive, upbeat voiceover professional and can range from serious to seriously silly and over the top. Maybe we'll get to see a little bit of that today. So Melissa, welcome to the show.
0: (laughs) Hi. Hi. How are you, Amanda? I'm sitting here like evaluating my voice so that the first thing that I say isn't like... "Ah." (laughs) You're talking so wonderfully about my voice and, and uh and my appearance and, and I really appreciate that. And I'm like,
1: do I live up? Do I live up to it? The stakes are high. I really yes. set that far high. You know? <laughs> my heart is beating really
0: fast and I'm really excited. So I think this is gonna be a great episode. And um yeah, I'm
1: just excited to talk to you and get to know your listeners even better. Same, same, same. I know. I love it. After I, I, I feel like even a mouthful getting through that beautiful bio and I'm just like on the, on the edge of my seat waiting to pass the mic over. So no, this is beautiful. And and again, for those who can't see her as I can, she has this gorgeous sound studio, recording studio that she has created. And um, so again, we're, we're dealing with the real deal here. And she's a mom, you know, she's a normal gal like the rest of us. <laughs> We can just, I'll breathe into that. (sighs) Yeah. All right. So today we are going to be exploring what it is that Melissa stands for or why she believes she is here on this earth to um, what it is to share and to inspire others. I personally believe we all are here with a message a mission if you want to even take it that far. And again, that can be as something as small as, you know, how we talk to those we work with or how we engage with those that we cross paths with every single day to something as, as extraordinary, eh, extravagant, eh, I don't know, words are appropriate, but as, as <laughs> taking the stage and, and, you know, having millions of followers. So I don't believe that we need to have, you know, 12,000 Facebook uh, followers or Instagram followers yeah. to be on a mission and to have a message to share. We all have that. So when I ask every one of my guests, you know, what is it that you stand for? Why are you here? I love that every one of my guests has some unique flair or flavor to what it is that they're here to offer. And let's be honest, most of them all point back to the same thing, which is inspiring other people, empowering other people, motivating people. And that's what we are here to do. So Melissa, uh, she offered me her response, which is around empowering women and children to use their voice. To mm. use your voice, which of course, I love how that plays so beautifully in no coincidence, no mistake you <laughs> in the world in terms of your career, and so we 're going to be exploring this idea of using our voices and breathing life into everything that we do I love how we 're connecting to the voice and and giving life to things through it so I start with a very open-ended question that allows us to go wherever we are inspired to go. And that question, Melissa, is why is that what you stand for? And why do you do what you do?
0: <sighs> hmm. Well, I'm going to preface, I'm going to preface the answer with this and just to kind of put your listeners at ease and take a deep breath. <sighs> that was the big mouthful, right? <clears throat> so for the longest time in my life, I didn't think I had a story. You know, I didn't think I, I didn't think I had a mission or a purpose. And it was very frustrating because, you know, I got all the grades and I did all the things, all the right things. And I went to college and I followed the path and it just felt very, very sterile. Like I was just going through motions, but my heart wasn't in it. I was stressed out. So I'll give you a little backstory to kind of Maybe maybe we can connect my list or the listeners, your listeners, my listeners can connect when they uh, listen to this episode. So, I grew up a little Puerto Rican girl in a Jewish neighborhood. That's my beginnings in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, you know, growing up, I didn't think there was anything different about me. I'm the same as all the other kids on the block. You know, except that I eat you know rice and beans and stuff. You know, food that's different than the other kids, but you know, meat and you know, potatoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't have roast beef until I was 24 years old. That's Like literally. So yeah, I used to go to kindergarten and brag that my mother served us spiders and rice for dinner, which was actually octopus. And the kids were like, "Ew, spiders and rice. And I was like, yep. so um so basically my career path that it's a short story to a long story of what led me here is my mother was a teacher in the public school system in Pittsburgh and my father was an engineer an electrical engineer and growing up I saw my father make a lot of sacrifices with his career so that my mother's could flourish so As I got to that tender age of 17 where they they ask you the question, what do you want to be for the rest of your life? (laughs) Sounds kind of permanent. I said, well, I don't want to be broke. (laughs) So I think I'll be an engineer. And since I hated chemistry, electrical engineering was like the least amount of chemistry you needed to take. And that is the extent of the sophistication of my very first, very important life choice. Like Mm -hmm. I hate chemistry. (laughs) Check. Check. So I went into the workforce. I, you know, got lots of scholarships in college, went into the workforce. I found a lot of success, you know, in jobs and making money and all that, but I wasn't very happy. So at a very young age, I began to think, I need to shake it up a little bit because there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than going to your office, sitting at a computer, completing an assignment somebody told you to do, going home and vegging out in front of the TV. I thought if I do this for the next 50 years, I'm going to die young. (laughs) So... I decided to take on my bucket list and, and start adventuring. So that is actually whenever I was actually when I was in college the last year, my super senior year of college, I went on a trip by myself to Europe. I'd never been, you know, in overseas before and I went by myself and it was amazing and I said I have to do this again. So, I'm working in corporate America as an engineer, I got my MBA and all that kind of stuff you're supposed to do to go upward and onward, but um, I found that corporate America is not very um, encouraging of vacation, <laughs> and <Well done>. basically, <laughs> yeah, and basically, I live to vacation, like I live to have a, a fun life that I enjoy. So I quit so many good jobs, good-paying jobs. I'd save money, quit, and go on this massive couple-month vacation, and then I'd come back and I'd do it all over again, you know, ad nauseum. And I found that it was very um, rewarding, but what I was really seeking was just that, that love, that contentment with my life, and the travel was a big part of that. Like you said, I went to Alaska, I went dog sledding, it was amazing. You know, I didn't actually have anyone in my life at the time to tell me I couldn't do that. So that was kind of awesome. But I still felt this gaping, empty hole in my life. And I realized it was because I felt very disempowered to actually do what I wanted to do with my life, you know, which was to use my voice and to empower other people on a large scale. But I didn't know how to do that. And we didn't have the tools even 10, 15 years ago to do that. You know, now we have the internet, we have webcams, everything's super affordable. But back then I was just like, I'm just going to have to take this career path. So I was in construction. I was in a male dominated industry. I have this really quirky attitude. So people, you know. Talk to me like I'm a child. <laughs> yeah, I'm 35 years old and I'm still not getting the same level of respect as, you know, what my education commanded, what my experience level commanded. I was building multi-million-dollar projects, you know, doing the electrical engineering and the project management in Manhattan, all over the country at retail stores, you know, really big stuff. But I felt like I don't feel like I'm making that impact because my heart feels empty.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we're going to pause there because I want to go back. A couple of things you said. This is such a beautiful story. And you said two things. Well, you said one thing, and then I think there was kind of an inherently implied something else that are connected. You made this comment of when you went dog sledding. I didn't have anyone in my life who would tell me I couldn't. Okay, that was a significant comment you made. Mm-hmm. And then you have this story of growing up and um, and you you ended up choosing a career path not because it lit you up inside not because your heart was in it not because you were you know driven and passionate although i don't know how many 17 year olds really are i mean i hope there are some of them out there. <laughs> God, God willing but you know many of us are probably like what i don't know even if we think we're doing what we're passionate about but i heard hmm. you say that that wasn't for you that was not your your story your story was I hated chemistry, so good. Let's just choose something that's not that. Yeah. <laughs> actually, instead of what do I love, let's base it on what I hate, right? Interesting. Yeah. And then also, of course, following in your father's footsteps. So doing what mm-hmm. your father had done. So it's, again, it's, it's not the someone not telling me what I couldn't do, but in another way, like doing what I was expected to do. So right. there feels like there's this, this theme through your life of, you know, not... Using your voice, as you talked about, right? Not feeling you had a voice right. to go out and, and create the world you wanted. Would you agree with what I'm? I'm- Ab- absolutely. And like
0: neurons are firing all over the place. If you were sitting on a ledge in my brain, you'd just be like totally nauseated right now. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because I followed my father's footsteps, and I he passed away this past like. This past, well, I don't know when the, when the listener is going to be listening to this, but in April of 2017, 2018, what are we in, 2019? He passed away about a year ago. And it's very strange because even though he had Parkinson's for 15 years and, and sub- subsequently died from the Parkinson's um, you know, complications, when he died, like my whole world fell apart and I didn't know that my world was based. I didn't know that a kingpin, a key, a keystone of my life was his approval. Mm. I didn't know that. And to be honest with you, I don't think he really cared what I did with my life. I think he would have been okay with me pursuing my heart, but I felt like I had a mission to finish what he didn't complete mm. because he never became an ele- electrical engineer. He actually... Uh, worked for the IRS and was happy, unhappy most of his life because he was miserable. You know, he was miserable in his job. And he used to tell me, Melissa, if work was fun, they would call it play. So work is not supposed to be fun. And I think I carried that for the longest time. Like, well, you know, if, if I have fun doing what I, w- what I love to do, how am I going to make money? Because you can't make money doing something that's fun for you. <laughs> So, you know, it's, I'm like Shrek peeling back all the layers of the onion, right? I'm an, you know, I'm a, <laughs> ogres have layers like onions, you know, and says that. Yeah. So, so like I'm pulling back all these layers and I'm finally realizing just how key I just admired him and I fought with him and I was him. And so now, you know, having, being freed on this earthly plane from, from that, I'm realizing, why am I just, why am I excelling at the things that I don't care about? Why am I doing so well in a direction that I have no attachment to? I feel no attachment, no, no reward, no punishment. It's -hmm. just a very, like I said before, like a sterile environment to move forward. And if you know me at all, like, Sterile is the last,
1: <laughs> like, I'm full of, I'm full of a lot. So, you got color all around yeah. you, girl. You are. you are the, like, you are a Puerto Rican, like, firecracker. Yes, color. yes. Flower.
0: Yes, I mean, it's in the blood. Even my daughter, who's half Jewish and half Puerto Rican, she's got it spilling over the, in excess, you know, yeah. the the personality. So So, yeah, so...
1: Can I interrupt with one more thing, or interject? You're not even interrupting. I was I just taking a long. <laughs> so I'm just fill the pause that you you said you were finishing what your dad didn't complete. That he never became the electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you said that, I go, Melissa, you are now truly completing what your father never did, which was finding joy in what you do, being mm-hmm. happy in your job. That was truly where he would have wanted to be, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't, you know, but it's it's that is the work that you are now completing. I mean, mm-hmm. which is so, so, so beautiful to me <laughs> to hear yeah. that and to see that. And then again, this idea of 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 uh, yeah learning to follow the heart and, and to allow ourselves to be doing what what makes us happy and and what brings us joy.
0: Yes, yes and I'm actually gonna turn this whole conversation like I'm gonna take the turret of the of the tank you know the what do they call them the tanks I'm just gonna turn it like you know like 180 here and I'm gonna I'm gonna relate that I'm gonna relate that back to. What you had say, said in the beginning, which is about my mission is to empower women and children and inspire them to live the life of their dreams. Uh, I created a coloring book and it's on Amazon. It's called Careers for Little Sisters. And it was a a brainchild of my mother's and mine, but I used it as a tool um, to engage students in the New York City public school system. So when we lived there, I was touring around to the different schools and talking to kids. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because I would talk to second graders and People that are ten years old, they know what they love. They 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 don't. They couldn't even imagine, like, why an adult would go to ten years of therapy to figure out what they love. <laughs> you know, like it's so natural. You just point to them and they know exactly what they love. They love horses. They love they love video games. They love YouTube. And so, um, I just felt like at some point, some adult, somebody they looked up to, somebody that they saw the red lipstick and the long hair may have told them to go in a direction or maybe frowned or maybe gave them side eye or, you know, and maybe they changed directions into an unhappy one or to silence their voice. So for me now, you know, in at the tender age of mid 40s, I feel like it's my responsibility to teach my daughter that if she has a passion to look at that, cause that's part of the reason why she's here. Right. And if she's dreaming about something, it's already a reality. So just move through, just move forward with it. Cause I spent a lot of time wasting. I mean, it's, nothing is wasted, but learning life lessons that Nope, this isn't the way. Nope. This isn't the way. Nope. This isn't the way. When if I had gone an artistic direction and honored more of like my dramatic self that everybody said was like, you're so overly dramatic, you know, well, that, that was a good thing, not a bad thing. Right.
1: <laughs> so I'm, and you, uh, my body is so full of chills. as You said that, that we knew at a young age, what we loved. You're right. We were not disconnected from it. We had not yet been imprinted by others that we shouldn't, that way, or we—that might be too much, or or you know that that would never make enough money. So you better mm-hmm. find a real passion or a real job. And then this is reminding me of what you said very at the very beginning as well about we all have a story, and yeah. you you didn't think you had one, or 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 your life was so. What was the word you used now? I can't even. Sterile. It
0: was just sterile. I I remember I was sitting at the top of the Space Needle in Seattle right before I I moved back east, and I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, and I'm just, I don't know why I was obsessed at the time with having a story, and we're sitting there, and I said, Greg, I don't have a story. I don't have a story. Like I just, um, my life doesn't mean anything. I don't have a story. And he was like, well, if you say you don't have a story, then you don't have a story. (laughs) And that's the that's you know, the the whole story right there. (laughs) But it was very simple. It's like, I kept telling myself I didn't have a story, but I was born, I lived, I had some experiences, I made some decisions and that's my story, you know, and that's your story. And that's listeners. That's your story is, your story is just who you are and what you
1: went through. And that's yeah. good enough. That's good it enough. It is good enough. And if we love horses, we love horses and if we love YouTube, we love YouTube and if we love to be overly dramatic, it makes us who we are. So tell us more about how did you find your way into to using your voice to, to breathe life into what you're doing. I mean, what was that transition out of this very sterile corporate world to where you are today?
0: Okay. Yes. I like this question. Yes. I like this question. (laughs) Okay. So um, when I was in engineering, I like to take a lot of extracurricular classes. So I like to take classes on the weekend of things I liked like art and different things just to shake my brain up a little bit from the monotony. And, one day I got this, you know, hairbrained idea. I want to be the voice in a Pixar movie because that's all I watch is cartoons. I watch, you know, I became a mother at 41 years old and I've been watching cartoons since like I was conceived. Like I've never stopped watching cartoons. So the addition of my daughter changed my watching habit zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I still watch the same things all day long that I watched when I was single and 35 and sitting on the couch. So... So I was working in engineering. I took a couple of voiceover classes in Seattle to see if I liked it, which if somebody's listening and says it sounds really intriguing, I would encourage you. The first thing to do is just to take a class because you may love it and you may not. Voice acting is acting. You know, it's uh, it's a skill that you practice and some people pick it up and some people think "Uh, this really isn't for me. So I took a couple classes and then I dropped it. And then I didn't pay attention to it for another 15 years, which you're like, how old is this chick? Like 96? (laughs) (laughs) And then I, I met my husband in Austin, Texas. We moved to New York City together. And... The bug bit me again, like here I am in New York City, capital of like voiceovers, you know, acting, Broadway, you know, so he bought me a bunch of equipment and set up my home studio and then I dropped it again (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, that's not a real thing. You can't do that. (laughs) That doesn't (laughs) pay the bills. That doesn't pay the bills. So, that sounds like play. Yeah, that sounds like playing. So I made a demo tape. Uh, I made a demo. Now they're MP3s. But I made a demo tape with a friend of mine who was an actress and a voiceover artist. And she produced it for me. And then I had it. And I was so excited. shiny. It's in a shiny box. And it's all wrapped up. And it's my demo. And I don't know what to do with it. So I put it over here for another five years. <laughs> I was like this is awesome. I'm moving forward. That's enough. I took one step. That's good. (laughs) So then last year I lost my father and my whole world went careening out of control. I think I made $3 all year. So January 1st, I said, look, I
1: want to know who paid you $3.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was a little more than $3, but like it was not, I made like, I made nothing last year. And I was like, what am I doing? So then I thought, okay, So, I've had this vision board for a long, 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 long time. I've manifested a lot of things on it, but I noticed on my vision board that the voiceover goal is still there and it's been there for, I don't know if you all are doing math, but like for 20 years, right? So, I was like, okay, if it's for real, for real, and I've kept it on there for so long and I made $3 last year, why don't I just make $3 doing voiceovers, (laughs) you know? And so when I connected, you know, one with two, I got like, I don't know, infinity. I didn't get three because immediately things start aligning. I start making friends in that industry on LinkedIn, which is a really great place if you're looking for voiceover connections, LinkedIn. I got an audiobook offer from someone on ACX Audible. So it was my, you know, my maiden voyage of audiobooks, which you know, if you're interested in audiobooks, which is a service that I offer, it is a long haul and it's, it's a very, you know, sustained kind of energy. So it's definitely not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. And then just, I've always just been like, I want to see people using their voice because I see so many people that are squished. I see so many people that, you know, one or two people hates on them and they shut up and they never talk again. And, you know, it's not fair you know, why should people who have a more negative voice be louder than the people with a positive voice? Why should people who want to destroy have a louder voice than people who want to build? There is no reason for that, except our own courageousness.
1: And the question I was thinking as you said those is why, this is very top of mind for me for a reason, but why should those who have the financial resources be able to share their message and those who don't can't. And I'm thinking, I mean, we create our own limitations. Yes, there are some very real world material things we are faced with and we create our reality. We create our world. And I'm hearing you tell this incredibly empowering, inspiring story. And I really want to highlight for our listeners and for myself right now, you were at a point where sometimes, you know, the crumbling needs to occur. Uh, Sometimes that is what will then open us up to what's next. It doesn't have to. I don't believe that, but it it sometimes is what it takes, and it sometimes happens that way. And yet what I heard you do in that moment, you said, wow, I can make $3 doing nothing with my life, right, or make $3 doing what I really love, and then here's the kicker. Mm. As soon as you said yes to what your heart has been clamoring for, for 20 years, you, everything lined up. And I'm not going to suggest that you're, you know, a millionaire now because of your voice overacting. I don't know. Maybe you are. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you, in the process of. <laughs> you made your $3 plus that year. You know what I yes, mean? Like, yes. Things started to align. You were supported. And I just had a conversation with someone today super passionate about telling her story and so i work in the world of books right so that's another a way, a, a way we can tell our story there's lots of ways we can do it but and and she was i could feel being held back and mm. limited on 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 and that goes back to worthiness and all these things but anyway point being i made a comment to her that i said when you say yes to what your heart is is yearning for the, the universe, God, lines everything up for you. And yes. it's often the scariest thing to say yes and to trust that that will happen. Do you have yes. anything to add?
0: Do I, I do, actually. Uh, I, we could riff off each other probably like the waves in the ocean for, for forever. But I want to talk relationships because I think a lot of people looking for inspiration are very um, stumped by finding relationships, and so I want to share my relationship story with you. Please. Quickly, (laughs) because we could go on forever, but I respect your time. So, you know, I'm 35 years old. At this point, I've traveled all around the world by myself, not necessarily by choice, but because I never found anybody that I really jived with enough, and I trusted that, you know, that I want to spend that much time around. You know, I dated a string of of people that didn't work out. Nice people, didn't work out. I was in a toxic relation. Nice enough, maybe person, but didn't work out. <laughs> and, you know, I'm 35. The doctors are telling me, you know, if you want to have a kid, you should just go find any kind of sperm and just, you know, turkey base that baby. You know, just, and I'm just like, this is terrible. This is all terrible advice, terrible mindset. So I began doing some manifesting work for relationship and some of the really cool tools that I was given at the time, you know, is if you look at your life, if if you're taking up all the space in your life, there's no space for anybody else. Right. So I started sleeping on half the bed. You know, I started, I cleared out half my closet that was full of, you know, outdated clothes anyway. (laughs) I bought, you know, some nice underwear. So, you know, if somebody happened to see it, it wouldn't be granny panties. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I just did all the, all those things were really for me to make space for me because I was pushing everyone out. Um, and I was closing myself off because I was afraid of being hurt pretty much like the career I chose. I closed my, my heart off because I was afraid of getting hurt. And, um, You know, that was the beginning of the opening. And I, the the husband that I now am married to, I didn't see any of that in him when I met him. All I knew is that he was the nicest person that I ever met, and I should give him a chance. Because all the people I was choosing was, like, just not very nice. They met all the qualifications, just like my engineering career. But my heart was just like, meh, not nah, or, you know, or I'm pulling too hard and they're pushing away. It was never equal. And when I met my husband, he was just so good to me. And and one of the things that he said to me that really clenched the deal is that he said to me, I see you. Mm. That's what he said to me. And I was like, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) when he said, I see you, I knew what that meant. That like broke open, you know, it broke open the, the universe and every, all the stars. I could see every, everything. And, um, you know, we got married and it's a long story, but, you know, at that point I was 40 years old. My father is dying of Parkinson's and I wanted my father to know a granddaughter from me because I'm the oldest of three daughters. And so that journey of getting pregnant at 41 and everything, I actually was able to have a healthy pregnancy, deliver a totally healthy child, no pain medications, nothing like that. You know, it was, yeah, I could have been 20 or 30 years old. It didn't matter. The point is that my mind was in the right place. Therefore, my body followed suit and the child that came was a totally happy, healthy person. And I think it really all began in my mind and how I was looking at the whole thing, you know, and not poisoning it with other people's opinions of how it should go. You know? Yes. So, yeah. So it's, there's a lot in there, but I feel like if people are poisoning you, you know, maybe they think that, well, maybe she doesn't like whatever sex she's supposed to like, or, you know, because she's still single or you know, or, or maybe there's something wrong with her, or there's nothing wrong with you. And when something is for you, it will be yours no matter what time or season of your life it is. And that's why I'm still holding out for Pixar.
1: <laughs> Good. As, as in the process of being a multi-million dollar, you know, voiceover actor, and I imagine part of that. So, what I love about that, and you're right, we could like add nauseum, as you said mm-hmm. earlier, <laughs> off, off with one another. Um, but I would love to just uh, tie this back a bit where you said about your daughter uh, specifically, but the mindset and and being in a space of listening to your own inner voice as opposed to the voices of others. And so, you know, nice connection back to this, mm-hmm. you know, using our voice externally and internally. What are we telling ourselves? What are we speaking to ourselves? And which voice are we are we choosing to listen to? Are we listening to the voice of others that mm-hmm. we have implanted into our internal world? Or are we really creating that space yes. to... That inner truth, that inner knowing that wants to be expressed through us. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, this show is about inspiration. And I think a lot of people are looking for inspiration because they feel hopeless. They feel like whatever it was that was expected of them, they're not hitting it. They're too tired. They're too ugly. I don't know what it is. You're too fat. It's not true. It's all stories and it's all perception because all we are is just in a vehicle full of light and life, and we'll have, you know, maybe a hundred years, and then we move on to the next light in life. So it's not anything that's, you know, it's just an experience and a journey that we get to go on together, and it's altogether good whether you're learning lessons or you're experiencing victories, because there is no failures.
1: Mm. Whoa, I want to drop the mic right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm about to cry, so. <laughs> Good moment to bring it back. No, Melissa, that I am about to cry. I imagine those <laughs> listening, that was incredible. And that is why this show is here. That is why we do what we do. So to continue on the theme of inspiration, mm. let those very impactful words sink in for a moment with those listeners. And then we're going to pivot, and I'm going to ask you three closing questions. Okay, right. you know, inspires you, because you're right. This is all about inspiration. And then I'm going to ask our listeners to, like, you know, that little 15-second rewind button on your device right now on the podcast player? Mm-hmm. I want you to, like, hit that a few times. And I want you to go back. And I want you to listen to what Melissa said, mm-hmm. like, three more times today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first question. Mm-hmm. Who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Oh,
0: I mean, it sounds cliche, but my mother, my mother is who made me who I am. I am, you know, my mom's little clone. If you looked at a picture of us, you'd be like, uh, which one is which, but I feel like my mother really laid the foundation for me to be the strong woman that I am today. And that is what I seek to do for my daughter. Um, And whenever I, I thought I was going to have a boy when I got pregnant because for various reasons, I thought it was going to be a boy. And when it was a, when I found out it was a girl, like for real, for real, I just was like a pool, a pool of tears. I just lost it. They gave me a little card to scratch off if it's a boy or a girl. When I found out it was a girl, because I thought, what a privilege to have the honor To have the relationship of what I have with my mother after my mother dies to have the chance to continue a relationship like that. So yeah, definitely my mother since it brings tears
1: to my eyes. (laughs) Definitely mom. Man, that is good. Okay. (laughs) Hmm. I feel like I need to say I, how much I love my mother right now. That <laughs> very, very if you
0: don't, way. if your mother is not like, if it's Beyonce, that is still highly res- or Oprah's highly respectable, hundred percent respectable. And actually those two are
1: top on my list. <laughs> <laughs> now there was, there was, there's no, no uh, hierarchy here, but what a beautiful, mm-hmm. a beautiful acknowledgement. And um, yes, just, Right before Mother's Day. Woo, plug. That's fine, Mother's Day. <laughs> all right, up to all the mothers out there. How about, second question, what place or activity most inspires you right now? I mean, watching Disney movies with my kid.
0: Because Disney movies, I mean... What I love about what they're doing is they're bringing more stories, like Frozen, the true love's kiss is actually, or true love, act of true love is actually two sisters. And I love that more and more media moguls, they're finding these opportunities in the scripts to make it less about, you know... um, Like princess being rescued by prince and actually rescuing yourself, like that movie Brave. And I find a lot of inspiration and I love, love to sit down and watch these movies because my brain is always ticking like, yeah,
1: yeah, you know.
0: So watching movies and
1: what is those stories are empowering these young girls and boys and people and adults, all of us.
0: Well, yeah. Except that my husband and I noticed that why does somebody's mom always have to die? <laughs> so that's harsh. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I'm down with the I'm down with the rescuing yourself part. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. When you get hired
1: by Pixar, you can pick their brains a little exactly. bit. Say <laughs> so, hey, why does the mom always have to die? This Is really harsh? And again, we're talking about mothers, mother, moms, moms out there. We love you all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Third question. What is one book, some people give me two, I'm not holding you to one, but you know, what is the one book that has inspired you on your journey? Oh. Well,
0: this is going to be a more boring answer and I forget who the author was, but it's called Getting Things Done. And it's by Michael, probably your listeners can look it up faster on on the internet than I can, but it's called getting things done. And basically like, that's how I've done everything is like, he advocates with taking everything that's in front of you and just making a big pile. And then whatever you can do right now, just do it. Cause remember I was a project manager and in productivity, and that was like my life. And I, I was, I am really good at it. Um, and I enjoy it, but you know, this is a more, a more, um, creative outlet. But and then anything you like just putting things into categories and getting things out of your life and clearing things off what he advocates is don't keep anything in your head, like keep it in a central place like a cloud, or somewhere that you don't lose it. But get it out of your head because anything that's inside of your head is taking up space for you to be able to breathe and be creative and, you know, just all the good stuff. So that's my biggest, that's my biggest uh, inspirational book is getting things done. I actually think I have it behind my
1: sound booth somewhere, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go get it for you. Probably look it up. I love it. Well, and we'll make sure to link to it. So people, if you want to go just scope it out, we'll, we will do that as well. Um, If, if I had, you know, the crew behind me, they'd be like researching stuff. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) But yes, listeners, we will empower you to get that book yourself if you feel inspired to do so. So Melissa, this has been absolutely delightful. And yes, we could have gone in a billion other directions. And yet, here's what I love about this show. And about every conversation, let's be honest, but, and, and about life and about life in general is that there are limitless possibilities. There are limitless timelines and, and, and all the things occurring at once and we can go in so many different directions and they are all exquisitely divine just as they are. So whichever path we are on and however we get there and whichever detours we take and however, you know, I don't care what conversation we have or interjections, Everything that was said in this space together was exactly what was meant to be said and shared. And that doesn't mean we couldn't have shared A million other things. But Mm. that's what I love. And as I take what I've learned from hosting these conversations into my life, it has been profound. And then, of course, Mm. it goes the other way. So thank you for being on this particular journey out of all the many we could have gone on and for sharing your voice with us, for sharing your story, your passion, even in the nuggets and bite sized pieces (laughs) you did, uh, and being here in this. Space with me today. Thank you. I appreciate that. And everyone listening, uh, we're going to make sure I'm going to ask Melissa here how that you can find her and get in touch with her. Obviously, if she said something, hey, if you got a book out there, you need it recorded. Um, (laughs) Also, if you again are are wanting to learn more about her story or anything that she said, I'm sure she would. Love to connect in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, Melissa, how can people get in touch with you? So, the easiest
0: way to get in touch with me is on my website. It's www.melissa del Toro, and I'll spell that M E L I S as in Sam, S as in Sam, A D as in David, E L T as in Tom, O R O. Dot com. So melissadeltorro.com. Um, also, I realized that I, I um, sort of plugged someone else's book when I actually have a book that I have on Amazon. So if you are looking to empower young girls in their careers, I created a coloring book and it's on Amazon and it's called Careers for Little Sisters. And my contact information is also in there. So those are two really great ways that you can find out about me. And if you want to show our family some love, you can purchase the, the coloring book. It's I think it's like $7 <laughs> or something like that. Um, and it's a, wealth of infor- it's a wealth of information about different careers
1: that young people may not know are accessible to them. Amazing. Good. So I'm sitting here thinking, Del Toro, man, I introduced you as Schaffner, it helped clarify for me. It's like I spent an entire episode once (laughs) I felt terrible.
0: Yeah. Distantly related to Benicio, if anybody's wondering, uh, our, our grandfather, I think we have a mutual connection at the grandfather level or great grandfather level, somewhere back there. They all came from San German in Puerto Rico. So that's, but I never explored it
1: any further. I'm just, I'm going to stay out of his business. (laughs) That's like my family with Tom Hanks. Yeah. connection. I, I've long, I've thought long and hard, especially when I was pursuing the life of an actor of like writing him a letter. It never yes. happened. It's okay. But Tom Hanks, if you ever listened to this show, we're related. Anyhow, <laughs> Melissa, this has been delightful, wonderful, again, listeners, thank you for um, being with us today and allowing having- us, yeah, to inspire you to go out and use your voice to share your story in whatever way that comes to you or needs to be expressed. And uh, be sure to subscribe if you have not yet already. I am having phenomenal guests on this show and I, I owe it to all these incredible beings of light surrounding me so be sure to subscribe so you are notified of the next one and then share this episode rate review it, do whatever you can to do your small part to ah, that you know I'm going to undo that you're not doing a small part you're doing a very significant part in sharing and spreading light and love in the world and if that's one way we can do it, then let's do our part Thank you for tuning in again this week and until next time many blessings